Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-host JT Chipman. Hey everybody. And Evan Fagundis. Hello. And this week we are discussing a dude's rock movie. And that is <laughs> Mean Girls. Before we dive in, how are we doing everybody? Doing well. I am happy to be here as always. Um, this is a great way to just kind of kind of chop the week up a little bit, right? I, I don't know if we've talked about that a ton. Uh, I know we talk a little bit about our personal lives, but I have to say I, I really just look forward to getting back on the pod, especially after the come down of the PTA episode. Um, took me a few days to recover, but I'm really really happy to be talking about um, you know uh, kind of a kind of a light fun movie this week that is just uh, yeah great time for, for a couple look looks behind the scenes here whenever i ask how we're doing it is just like a mad dash of evan and chip pointing at each other deciding who's going to be the one to talk <laughs> and i think when we were scheduling out this episode i said verbatim we need the movie equivalent of a cigarette after sex after the pta episode uh, mm-hmm. because it was it was uh it, it was a climax for sure in in flicking and screaming history and we just needed you know a, a relaxing come down off that so little look behind the curtain here. Um, but Chip, how are you? <laughs> I'm so good. You know, just taking a drag off of this this cigarette of Mean Girls, I guess. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really good. I uh, I love Mean Girls, guys. This is this is a classic for me. So it was a lot of fun to dive back in. I I literally was physically sore after the pizza. <clears throat> like my body was was weak and I felt drained, but also uh, I, I did feel quite alive. I have to say, I felt quite alive. And tonight. I uh, am quite excited for the Drake album to release. Uh, it's it's like half a bit at this point how much I like Drake, but also half not a bit. So I'm kind of trying <laughs> to find that line where I'm just like, I really like his music, but also I recognize how like ultimately shallow the Drake fan experience kind of is. But I'm excited. I will I will be staying up to listen to it. I feel like Mean Girls and a new Drake album pair really mm. well together. Mm, yes, like a fine wine, fine wine and uh, and a rare steak. There you go. Um, all right, guys. Hopping in to uh, to Mean Girls this week. Like you said, Chip, I feel like this is just a classic, like, mm-hmm. comedy classic at this point. Literally, the first question I have is, is this the most, like, culturally relevant comedy of our generation? Like, as far as, like, quotability, um, you know, like, people know, like, people know it, the screen grabs, like, the jokes, like... Like, you know, I'm sure there are there are movies like, you know, in the past for, you know, maybe our parents generation or even like older siblings. But I feel like this for people around our age. So mid, you know, mid 20s is just like the sweet spot. I agree. I think that others from like the 2000s <clears throat> from our generation might be Anchorman, maybe uh, and maybe Hot Rod, though. I think Hot Rod's a little bit more niche. I think Hot <laughs> Rod, uh, it's 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 got like that's like loyal fans, but it's more of a cult. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Good word. Um. So, like, yeah, this and Anchorman, which which kind of pair well together in a little bit of a weird way. Um, like, for me, like, fifth grade through tenth grade was, like, defined by um, four for you, go Glenn Coco, you go Glenn Coco. Like, that was everything we said for, like, five straight years. It was, like, yeah. that and then that Mad TV sketch or uh, it was, like, the back of your head is ridiculous. You know, the guy in the movie theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Girl, you want some Mike and Ike's? Your, you like Mike and Ike's? My little croissant. My, my little, little croissant. croissant. Can I get your number? Yes. Those <laughs> yeah. those two things were like the ultimate cultural touchstones uh, for, for about six years for me. So for me, yes, this is very pervasive and it lives on to this day in Twitter. 
Yeah, 100%. Evan, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely in that that category of like the most the most uh what movies that most define like an era that this is for sure one of those movies and the ones that you mentioned are definitely up there i'd say like the hangover is kind of up there as far as just movies that people just talked about all the time like at school or mm-hmm. um you know i think even like you know young adults at work and stuff like that at the time i, I wouldn't necessarily know i was in like eighth grade um but yeah the, these movies that are just instantly quotable and stuff like Fetch um, is just mm-hmm. so ubiquitous to like – it's almost like speaking English is like knowing certain things like that. Uh, people know the phrase and might not even know the movie super well. Like I think my dad would be in that category of people who would like definitely know that phrase but probably hasn't watched Mean Girls all the way through since like 2009 or something like that. Um I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. And, and this movie makes me like, brings me back to a certain time period. I feel like a lot, which is usually one of the markers of one of those movies that, that really can like define an era. Yeah. Uh, we should probably do a whole episode on like fetch versus dripping from, you know, Zoe from Zoe 101. <laughs> uh, kidding. Of course. Um, but I, I agree. I think it's, what's funny is like about like when we think about like our, our childhood right, and like these movies that like take us back to like these these kind of comedies right in the 2000s. And then we talk a lot about how they don't get made anymore. Um, when you go back and watch these is some of the comedy like jarring. I think they're like we've talked about about like some choices that filmmakers have made, even like in movies as recent as like Neighbors um, with like stuff that they they put on the screen or things that they make jokes about. Um did you did you feel that with this movie? A little bit. I think this is like a little bit more of a sweet spot than like some of the 80s and 90s movies that were like actually crossed the line. Like this movie jokes about crossing the line, but it never uh, I, I guess a lot the characters themselves don't really go there. Um, but yeah, there's listen, this is kind of the peak of like high school stereotypes and that being that being the humor. Um, it does feel like it, it kind of spreads its bullets, you know. Uh, it feels like it doesn't pull punches from anybody. Everyone kind of gets some, but at the same time, like, yeah, it, you cringe a little bit. Right. And I don't necessarily want to litigate how exactly we as, as a society should handle that. Um, because I think the movie is good and should we, that shouldn't really take away from it. But yeah, this is, if, if you're going to have like stereotypical problematic humor, I feel like this is the safe like the safest example of that i can think of like mean girls is not actually going to get canceled in the in in twitter tina Fey's had her her run of things but mean girls itself i think is impervious yeah i don't think there's like too much like you said it, it really walks the line and there were a couple mm-hmm. things where i was like oh i had forgot about that i didn't watch oh yeah in a while um but i for me like the most the thing that's most jarring about like these kind of 2000s movies is how flippant they are with the the kind of humor that they're presenting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's in just like these like really offhand comments, um, where that like take me back. But anyway, I think I think you know that's like you said we don't want to litigate the the <laughs> the yeah. what, how as a society we should we should handle this because um, the movie's really fucking funny. Yeah, at its heart, like not because of all those things, but mm-hmm. in spite of all those things this movie still just kicks ass and rips um, as a teenage comedy. Um, always, we got to get into the categories, right? We're going to do performance, scene, shot, line, give it an overall grade. 
You guys got anything else that you want to talk about just on like a general cultural scale before we start to dive into to uh, some of our favorite parts of this movie? Um, I don't know. I think we can get to it a lot because the stuff that really stood out to me the most like culturally are like the people who are in this movie. And Chip, you already mentioned like Tina Fey, you know, writing this movie. I've been on a rewatch of 30 Rock, so it actually kind of fit right into the zone that I'm in right now. Um, but I think lots of the observations that I was making and remembering like who I was and what I valued at, at the time that I first saw this movie came flooding back to me. Like when I just see these characters dressed in these outfits, like some of the people in this movie, I literally think of them as a person in their like character in Mean Girls. Like that's how attached my mind is to these characters. So, um, yeah, nothing that I really want to point out yet. I definitely want to get into it when we talk about actors and stuff. I actually agree. It's funny, like all my other points that I wanted to get are all about the people in this movie. So that being said, great segue into favorite performance. Chip, hit me with two nominees for your favorite performance for this movie. I need to give a lot of love to Amanda Seyfried. She is a a pod favorite of ours, I think, um, Mm -hmm. for really for a a lot of reasons. Like uh, she kicks a lot of ass in movies like Mank and First Reformed. But she's also uh, extremely funny and, you know, has her start as kind of a as a comic actress. And she is so flexible in what she can do. She can be aloof. She can be sharp. But no matter what, she just has like this joyful air about her, whether she is kind of being a bit of an airhead, for lack of a better term, um, or she does have a couple of sweet moments in this movie. I think she's she really stood out to me this time, Um, again, partially just because of thinking about who Amanda Seyfried is. Um, And then uh, Lizzie Kaplan as Janice. 100%. 100%. She is like, she just creates this this character, right? She just steps into it, and it feels like she was kind of born to play it. Um, she's deeply funny while also having, like, a really, like, just a ocean of emotion that mm-hmm. she that she is really carrying through um, in every range, up and down, side to side. It's kind of a roller coaster that she rides on, which I think is kind of appropriate for, you know, a, a, a junior in high school. I think we can all relate to that a little bit. From beginning to end, she really blew me away, like, as as a damn fine actress. Yeah, yeah, 100, 100%. I actually had a hilarious Lizzie Kaplan, like, moment uh, last weekend. Um, I was at a, a winery, and the person serving us, I was like, God, this looks so much like an act. Like, this woman looks so much like an actress that I can't quite put my finger on it. And I spent, not a joke, an hour, like, trying to figure out who it was. And it was Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, and I finally ended up uh, figuring it out because she plays one of Nick's girlfriends in in Mean in uh, New Girl. Sorry, does um, she really? Yeah, I yeah. totally forgot that arc. Yeah, um, but I agree with you, Chip. Those are two great picks, Evan. What about you? What are what are two picks from you? Yeah, so the first pick that I'll make is Rachel McAdams. Oh, um, I think this is a, a massively underrated villain performance, and I know mm. there's a lot of like funny you know, threads and theories out there about like whether Rachel McAdams, like Regina is a hundred percent like the villain of the movie, different things like that. Yes. It's funny to talk about, but I think Rachel McAdams knew what she was doing when she was coming into this movie. She just seems to be having such a great time playing mm-hmm. this role. Um, speaking of one of the people who, and Rachel McAdams, another like really, really good actress, like really just well, like has had a really good career and is, mm-hmm. is a really good actor, but I still cannot see her in any setting without thinking of Regina George. And I think that's like the mark of uh, a truly great character. Um, And sort of like you were talking about with um, 
uh, Janice Chip, like she created Regina George. And I think without Rachel McAdams giving the performance that she gave Regina George, just based on like the lines alone, doesn't quite reach that status of like, of uh, like notoriety that the character uh, that this movie created. So um, love her performance. And then the other one I'm going to go with is Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler, yes. this is the part of the movie, and I know we, we talk about, we use these general terms sometimes, but it's like, this is the part that could just be such a throwaway or so, like, forced and lame. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some people could watch it and take that away, but I don't, I just think this performance is unbelievably funny in, like, laughs per minute. Like, if you really look at how often, how many times she's on the screen, it's like three different scenes, and she's probably on for a total of, what, like four, maybe five minutes uh, right. uh, of screen time. And every single time she's on the screen, you are laughing at something that she is saying or doing. The physical comedy, um, you know, with, like, the dog in the in the first scene when they meet her, <laughs> and even the way she kind of, like, sashays away, like, when she talks to the girls and stuff, like, flips her hair, <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, like, it's almost like she's doing a live parody of the girls in the movie. Like she's doing like a live Regina parody in front of Regina in the same movie. Like, it's just a really funny, like meta performance, but I mean, well, that's what it is, right? It's just an SNL character because like, I mean, Tina Fey writes this, Amy's Mm -hmm. in it. Lauren produces it. There's fingerprints of sketch comedy all over this. And like, wacky characters that just have a few lines that play off of something or, or, or build off something else. Like it's, it's just sketch comedy, but it's done so well. And yeah, one of the best ever do it. So, and it's so like realized in real life, like the little, like the, the way she gives them the drinks and Katie is like, is there alcohol in these? And she's like, no, but I could put some in there. I just, I just much rather have you drink in the house. Like the little wink that she gives. Like I've seen moms do that in high school. Like I've seen like moms of high schoolers say that exact thing, like in that way. She's ridiculous, but in in many ways, she's like the most realistic character at points. Like it's really (laughs) true. It's really odd. Like I, but I know like there were moms in high school that were like this, that were just like, like they were almost like caricatures of their daughters. Um, and like, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. It's literally what, what it was, but this is, yeah, I think this is an absolutely spectacular performance. So man, two hitters, um, you guys kind of took my, my big ones, but I want to throw out some love to Lacey, uh, Lacey Shabert who plays Gretchen Wieners. Mm. I think she's really, really funny in this role. Like this, like frantic, anxious energy throughout the whole thing, uh, Mm -hmm. cracks me up. Um, and then also, as Mr. Duval, the principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. He. I think he's actually like fantastic in in like a lot of things that mm-hmm. I see him in. Um, he's just a great like person to have on screen. Like he just creates the vibe. Yeah. I love. I love him especially during the uh, like the assembly, like the workshop thing, and mm-hmm. you know the way, just like his body language, like when he you know raises his hand because he was victimized by Regina George. Yeah, things like that. The way, even the way he says everything, um, like in the beginning, right when he's introducing the, yes. the new girl. Yeah, really, really. With funny. the cast, yeah, Dude, that shit is so funny. He's like, my carpal tunnel came back. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure he like actually broke his hand, and they just like worked it into the movie or something. Yeah, yeah. Which I honestly I love. Like, I'll, you know what I, I honestly love is when they just like wouldn't like don't mention it. Like they gave the throwaway line, like my carpal tunnel came back. But like I would have loved if. <laughs> If he just like he just they has never mentioned, yeah, he just mm-hmm. has cast. Yeah, that's part of the character. Um, 
All right, guys. I need final. Wait, wait votes. hold on. We got to oh. give. I, I mean, we have to nominate Lindsay Lohan. Like they, this movie, we just have to sure. mention the yeah. fact that this movie, uh, you know, yeah. was part of turning her into one of the biggest stars in the world. Like uh, objectively, yeah. not no be, no two ways about it. Like I'll be completely honest. I dropped the ball on that one, guys. You guys left that one open for me. No I worries. Completely, <laughs> I completely forgot that. It's almost like such an obvious choice that like it like it slipped my mind. They, yeah, they, they literally. Doing, like, I was, I was the passing you the ball in the corner. No, it was it was literally you were you were doing the handoff and I ran like the wrong direction of the handoff. It was not great. No uh, worries. I just yeah. have to mention, like, I, I feel like it is the most obvious one because this is an awesome movie that people love. You know what? Sixteen years later, seventeen years later, and she's at the center of it. And, and I, as great as all these side performances are, I truly don't think this movie works without her being such like a likable character especially through the first you know 45 minutes to 55 minutes of this movie how likable and charismatic she is it is kind of what forces the buy-in even while the silly stuff is happening on the side so Mm -hmm. just wanted to real quick before we make our 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 performance favorite performance picks i want to talk a little bit about like rachel mcadams and Lindsay lohan and kind of like this like basically this is they're these are the powerhouse of like the 2000s like the probably the two like would you say like two of the biggest young actresses in hollywood at, at the mm-hmm. time yeah um, them and Catherine heigl right <laughs> <laughs> well we uh, well listen, i just mean Catherine heigl was just being put in everything not that mm-hmm. can i just like, yeah uh, can i can i can we hold on five seconds on Catherine heigl catching strays <laughs> here but like i can we all agree that that was one of the weirdest things that hollywood's done in a long time like we're just like we're gonna make Catherine heigl a thing like she's gonna be this massive star is she related to somebody? I don't know. She really, she, she no, yeah. I like. I really. I yeah. Never I have nothing that. against her personally, but I, I have been interested to find out as I've gotten older that lots of other people don't think she's a good actress too. Because for the longest time, I just thought I was in the minority in thinking that because she was in so many hugely popular and famous movies. I was and, like, maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Movies yeah, that I, I like. Grey's Anatomy, right, she she came from Grey's Anatomy, so it's like, I think, was she liked on that show? Like, I didn't particularly like her on that show either, but maybe people would, I was never was a like, big Grey's guy, I will say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither, neither was I. I don't know. I feel like, has anyone, like, really successfully made the jump from Grey's to movies that, like, wasn't already kind of established? I feel like yeah, there's not uh, really a Grey's to yeah. Hollywood pipeline. Yeah, there's one, one person and one person only, and it's, um, oh my god. Like the main character, I forget her name. No, no, not not Ellen Pompeo. Um, this is really like I, the fact that I this is really bothering. I this is this is such a blind spot for me. I remember this watching. This is how you know how successful this person's become. True. No, no, I remember watching the episode where one, one of the one it's either it's like McDreamy and McSteamy, and one of them dies. I remember watching that episode. Yeah, McDreamy is the guy. It's Patrick. Patrick yes. Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah, yeah okay. that, Pat, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, he's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he had he had like like a, a a nice little run. Like he definitely like is a movie actor in my yes, head. Correct. Not mm-hmm. not a Grey's Anatomy actor. But I think he was before Grey's. This is such a weird tangent. No, I think yeah, whatever. Hey, I think Grey's like Grey's. I think Grey's made him. Hey, you so, know what? Side made note. Side note. He's the star of one of my like kind of most underrated favorite romantic comedies of the 2000s, which is Made of Honor. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Just quality. And good I love the premise. Movie. Of, 
the premise of him basically being able to be in any magnificent place at any given time is that he got rich inventing uh, the little cardboard that goes on the outside of coffee cups. And so he gets, oh, right. paid, he gets paid 25 cents every time one of those gets used. And I'm like, first of all, those things don't cost 25 cents. But I love that that is just like they wrote it off as like, this is why he's mega rich. Mm-hmm. Nice. To bring it back, that's almost like someone's uh, parent being famous for inventing toaster strudel. There you go. That was my segue all along. <laughs> okay, so favorite performance, we need the final vote. Uh, I honestly, I think it's got to be Mick Adams. In my oh, yeah. That's my vote. Yeah. She's just like, she dominates this movie. And Evan, what I love what you said about like, in what she is saying, what Regina George is saying is not enough to make this movie a cult classic. It's the yeah. way she says it. Like, in the look, like, has anyone ever looked like more of a total, like, bitch? And like right. a self-aware <laughs> bitch, like self-aware, like she's not, it's not like I'm a bitch because like, I'm just angry and I'm just being mean to you, but it's like, she's so aware of like how manipulative she is. Yeah. But it's also like, so like, and I don't just mean by like physical appearance or anything, but like so desirable, like you could see even through her, you know, being so nasty to people and stuff, you can see why people are drawn to her just because of like the charisma that she exudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but her timing in this movie is like mm-hmm. perfect. It's on, unbe- I mean that first conversation when um, she, you, you know, they have Katie sit down. Yeah. So you agree like that line specifically I'm thinking of is so perfectly timed the way she hits her with that. Like it's almost like she disarms the people who are in scenes with her. Like yeah. it's almost like it doesn't happen on purpose, but And you have to have both the timing and the face and body like posture that she has in that scene for yeah. it to be like the meme that it is, right? Cuz you yes. still see that every Yes. Yeah. All right. So we're all in agreement. Favorite yep. performance, Rachel McAdams. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Now it's time for our favorite scene. Evan, hit me with two yeah. nominees for your favorite scene. Okay. Two nominees. Um, this movie does move so fast. Like the first, mm-hmm. especially the first hour of this movie. Oh my gosh, it flies so fast. So I'm going to try to pick, yeah, concise scenes. First one, um, that scene that I was describing earlier when Katie first sits down with, with the plastics, uh, you know, that first time in the lunchroom. The the cutaway to uh, Janice putting the like baloney on Damien's face is just hilarious. But like that whole scene is so perfect with that interspersed conversation, kind of mm-hmm. knowing what we know um, about um, uh, you know Janice and Damien and how Katie fits in with them already from the prior scene, and then meeting the plastics. And I love the way the three girls are introduced. Like it does such a good job of establishing who they are without mm-hmm. them doing like an exposition dump where they just tell you like, this is who I am. Like the, the, the way they interact in the conversation um, sets up completely, like, especially like Gretchen, like what she's doing the entire movie. Love that mm-hmm. scene. So would you, um, keep, would you keep those two that? scenes together? Cause I actually had Janice and Damien skip class with Katie and no, not the together. plastic. You okay. can, you can do that one. Yeah, no. Um, I, I was saying like, I love that scene, especially because we've already established Got like it. her with them yeah no you can definitely take that one that that's also a great scene um so introduce the plastics and then the other one that i'll go with is um hmm, i i have to say (laughs) it sounds kind of sick i really love the halloween scene i i really (laughs) died that's like amanda seaford throwing like 150 miles per hour too in that scene um 
And then, you know, all the back and forth. Your cousin. Yeah, he's yeah, your but he's cousin. my first cousin. <laughs> you have cousins. First, and then second. first cousin. <laughs> um, yeah, all that stuff is great. And the fact that, like, that conversation is happening simultaneously with, like, us actually caring about what Katie's looking at, I think is actually just, like, filmmaking-wise is a really cool setup, the way that they do that, um, with kind of, like, one of the more dramatic scenes of the movie interspersed with, like, these comedy skits like you guys are describing. Um, but, yeah, I like those two a lot. And the Halloween scene, I will put these together, like, runs right into the planning scene. When they're yeah. planning yeah. her takedown, which I think is yes. just, like, a wonderful, wonderful bit of mm-hmm. filmmaking. Because she's still in the costume, too. She is. She's in the costume, and I fucking love when she first walks in the door, and and fucking Damien just throws the popcorn up in the air. Like yeah. that's such a familiar. Great. I remember as a kid just being like, "I've been there." Damien Damien does really good physical comedy in this movie. Damien fucks. Damien fucks. That guy fucks. absolutely. Yeah, he is hilarious. Okay, um, so I'll do. I'll use one is uh of mine will be uh Janice and Damien skip class and then like intro the plastics. They kind of explain the school first mm-hmm. and then they enter the plastics um i will say this is like one of the like kind of like areas where i was most jarred by like when they're introducing the groups of people it's just like so flippantly racist yeah. stereotype 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 yeah. Like, yeah but um nonetheless i i still think like it's just such a what this movie does really well evan like you had said is like it moves fast right and this is essential to a movie that is moving quickly is you have to have really quick exposition on the background of these people. And this movie basically says, like, we don't need to care about really any of these other groups except for the plastics. And then it's zoning in on Regina George as well. And, like, Mm -hmm. when they're, like, saying all the rumors about her, I'll die. And, like, some of them are just, like, ridiculous. Like, one time she met John Stamos on a plane, and he told her that she was pretty. Like, so ridiculous. What her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. Yeah. Yeah. I lost it. This yeah, time. that one's that one's so good. Um, and then I would say the Christmas talent show is mm-hmm. just up there. Mm-hmm. Everything from coming in with Damien and like when he whispers at at uh, Tina Fey on the piano, don't look at me. And when he, when he's <laughs> singing, <laughs> then he gets the shoe thrown at him into Kevin G's rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then into the the you know the creme de la creme which is the the dance and mm-hmm. to this day i will laugh every time they do the move where they like slap that they drop it low and slap their thighs and it quick cuts to her, katie's parents yep i will always lose it the other thing that always makes me lose it um is something else in that scene but i want to save it because it's actually my favorite shot in the whole movie perfect so i'll say that so can i ask you guys a quick question before we move on what better talent show rap Derek in Step Brothers or Kevin in Mean Girls? Oh, well, stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's got to be it's got to be Derek just because it's like. It's literally like a grown ass man like, trying to be a teenager, like with a ponytail versus like a, a an actor who is like clearly like still young enough to play a teenager doing this like like weird horny math nerd rap mm-hmm. um yeah and that in so, conjunction with like the other performance that we see in Step Brothers is an opera like it's like legitimately an opera singing so that's my thing is i think of the boats and hose when i think of step brothers and musical mm-hmm. performances that oh that overshadows the rap mm-hmm. so for me yeah. i when it comes to the rap i'm going to give it to to Kevin G you know on the 
bathroom floor with your lady. Yeah. Nina, oh, pizza, Santa Maria. <laughs> so horrible. Dude, I think that is one of the... Uh, anyway, we're getting... We have way too many tangents on other movies that we, we love. Uh, <laughs> Chip, what do you got? Yeah, what are your nominees, Chippy? Um, I got... This is, like, two scenes, so I'll just do them as both. But, like, the fight scene with the burn book leading into the gym scene, mm-hmm. which is the, the assembly scene. So those are – I'll just do, you know, kind of both of those as mine. Um, I think the fight scene is actually really well choreographed. Like, there's that bit where it's, like, the camera whip pans to, like, four or five different people. Like, they're all arguing with each other about who wrote what and why'd you call me that and, uh, you know, you suck or stuff like that. I think it's actually really well done. There's a lot of good physical comedy there. All of the arcs kind of are intersecting at once with different characters and coming to a head. Uh, and then the assembly is really good, too, because it, you know, it it does have some emotional stuff. It does feel like there's a bit of a, a bit of a release for some characters. Some characters are kind of coming to grips with things while others are still trying to catch up and still trying to reconcile uh, their actions. So it, it, it's not quite a finale, but it gives you it, it's really building towards that. Well, while also being extremely hilarious great quotes that she doesn't even go here all time uh, all time comedic timing too like oh my god everything that tina fey does in that scene like do you even go to the school like come home sweetie do you even go to this school yeah the ultimate i think it's i think it's really funny um amanda seaford really shines in this one too just that face when she's about to catch gretchen Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh all right uh chip why don't you kick us off then what's your favorite of the bunch. I, I do think it's actually the first scene where uh, Katie sits with the plastics. The first lunch on yeah. Wednesday. On Wednesday. first we were, lunch. We were, Wednesdays we were pink. pink. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think it's the most iconic scene probably too. That, probably. Probably. And it's like just such a master class in like, <laughs> it sounds funny, like well done exposition in like four minutes. Like and, basically the whole thing is laid out in four minutes, but it's fucking villain, hilarious. Villain introduction too. Absolutely. Like, weirdly, okay, this is gonna sound like a super weird comparison, but like it, it's up there with like the rounders, you know, villain intro because they give you a quick explanation of who this person is, and then it's immediately that person throwing 100 mile an hour fastball. Mm. Like a lot yeah. of movies do, like one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like they tell you about this person and they build up tension for a yeah. long time or sure. they introduce this character and let the character do the exposition themselves. But it's like hard to find that. Like, I feel like not a lot of movies do it really well where it's like we're going to give you a, a brief like background on this character and then we're yeah. going to immediately let them do their thing on screen. And it's like so it's so like specific what they're doing and the way the camera's just sitting on them the whole time mm-hmm. that it really sets up all the physical comedy and stuff that comes later when Regina is like deteriorating, right? Like it, it makes, you're able to create such a stark like contrast between that scene and basically every other time we see her from when the moment Katie starts like fucking with her. Yeah. A hundred percent. Great pick boys. Love that scene. Um, moving on favorite shot. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Um, so my favorite shot in the entire movie is by far and away, when they quick cut to Amy Poehler during the, the talent show, and she's holding the camera, but also, like, miming the choreography of mm-hmm. the dance. Mm-hmm. It is so funny, and, like, so, I, I, it's just so well done, and again, like, 
maybe the most realistic thing in the whole movie. It's like her trying to film, but also like I watched them practice. So I am like, oh God, okay. Did they, did they hit that right? Yeah. Like the most 100%. dance mom thing ever. Um, and then the other one that I really love is that shot that uh, right after they cut holes in, in Regina's shirt and like you could see her bra through it. And then it's the quick shot of walking through the halls and they're looking around. I just think it's blocked really well where all the mm-hmm. girls in school yeah. have cut the nipple like nipples out mm-hmm. of their shirt. Uh, I thought that like I've always thought that was really, really good. It's a good one. That's uh, a classic. Oh, me. Um, so one that I have is that the the school fight scene that Chip mentioned, it's almost the exact same shot of the hallway that you were actually just talking about, Jed. Um, it's like this, they're in the same hallway as like all the girls walking to show, you know, them trying out the new uh, cut shirt style. Um, but it's when all like hell breaks loose. And there's just like a million fights going on. There's like papers flying up in the air. Um, it's really cool. It almost looks like a play or something like that because of how many people are, are acting on screen at the same time. Um... And then the next one, I might have to go the the slow mo when the when the plastics are introduced by Janice, especially including the voiceover in that in that scene. But that slow mo just feels so iconic to me when I think of like this movie and the introduction of those characters before we ever meet them on screen. Um, it, it just is done very well with like the guys carrying her into gym class and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blowing kisses in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Very good. So good. Uh, Chip. Mm. Uh, okay. I think one of my favorite like visual gags this time was when um, Tina Fey spills the coffee and she's trying to take her shirt off, and <laughs> Tim Meadows <laughs> walks in. He's like, "My shirt is stuck to my sweater, isn't it?" But she's <laughs> facing him, just with her arms above her head, completely standstill. Like, well, I I have lost in this scenario. There's nothing else for me to do. And then yeah. he like asks her out, basically. Afterwards. Yeah. And he's like, maybe she's like, maybe sometime where my shirt isn't stuck to my chest, and his yeah. eyes just dart down for like a solid four seconds. <laughs> he's like, man, you are. I was thinking of that shot too. That one is funny. That that oh. his eye movement is is quite funny. He does such a good job of being like an authority figure who's also like a, a total one. dunce. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like classic weak, like yes. authoritative. Man. But he's also just like so awkward. Like, he's, like, the cringiest, like, he has great timing and like, that he pauses before he says almost anything. Like, people will, like, talk, and then he'll just, like, kind of stare at them for a couple seconds. It's just a really funny, like, quirk, like, quirk that they give him. Yeah, his whole, his performance in the, uh, in the, the counseling scene is extra funny, too, when he's like, I'll keep you here all night. Like, the one time he, like, tries to get, like, big. And like lay the hammer down. They're like, mm-hmm. you can only keep them to four. I will keep yeah. you here till four. <laughs> it's 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 a really well blocked shot too with mm-hmm. the characters yeah. in the background. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, this is like a GIF or whatever, and it's pretty famous. But uh, what's his face? I think Jason getting hit in the face by the radio during yes. the uh, during the dance scene. Yeah, all time classic GIF, but it's really it's really well done. Um, and it's satisfying because Jason sucks. So to see him get uh, his face smashed in, it's pretty fun. Is also, your, just by is the your biggest butter. Would <laughs> you like yeah. us to assign you someone to butter? Like that's the kind of shit though that like was hilarious when you were like 15. Yeah, and I love the way he's like, "What? I'm just trying to like, yeah, you know, be nice to the new girl." Me. Like, <laughs> do you want to have sex with him? <laughs> no. 
Okay. All right. Favorite shot. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, the nipple, the way you described the nipple shot cracked me up. So that, that's my vote. Just because that, I think that's, that is like, cause it's, it's good storytelling while also being really funny. Yeah. Also, are you good, did, good with that one, Evan? Yeah, I like that one a lot. What I was going to say too, when you were first describing it, it's like, I love the way they almost kind of keep revealing each other. Yeah. Like people are like, they're sort of walking away from the camera, but just like to the diagonally enough that they kind of keep crossing in front of like another girl like, who has yeah, it's like almost like stuff. a Russian nesting doll of girls. exactly like yeah. <laughs> the other the other visual thing that they do in this movie that I actually think works uh, is when they do the like quick like dream scenes of like the jungle cafeteria yes mm-hmm. like you know where they're like yeah like, this is how things would be handled in the wild like yeah really I really like the one in the mall when she's <laughs> like this is like at the watering hole. Like that one yeah. is cool because it's shot from so far away. Like those people yeah. are actually like doing that. Yeah. Like they have like yeah, 40 really. people literally acting like like jungle cats. <laughs> All right. So favorite scene or favorite shot, sorry, is uh, the nipple shirts reveal. Nipple shirts. <laughs> All right. Probably the most loaded category, Chip. You're going to kick this one off. Favorite line of the movie. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, We're going to do three nominees for this one. Do you think sure. we, I, we have enough we have enough material for three? I think. Oh, yeah, we could do six lines each. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Oh, Damn my it, God, that, that line is unbelievable. I don't think I really appreciated that when I first saw this movie. Um, and now I, I, I think it's the peak of comedy. I don't think it gets better than, than Damien doing that in the in the uh, woman's restroom, I believe. This is where I think this is where this movie really like shines is like in these like small throwaway moments. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just like the, the yeah, there's there's so many good things like that. But continue. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like uh, get in, loser. We're going shopping. Yeah, that's Again, a great one. It's it's a stinger. It tells you so much about every character while also being being really funny and um, delivered really well. And then, you know, it's for me, this is just so personal. Four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. And none for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> Very yeah. important. That's a great one. My development there. Uh, all right, Evan. The Damien lines are are unbelievable. I have a Damien line in here, too, so I'll lead off with that. Um, that's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Uh, I love that line. <laughs> so timing, um, again, the timing is so well timing done. Like is the, the way they move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when karen says it's like i have esbn or something my breasts can always tell when it's going to rain <laughs> um we already mentioned uh it's kind of a double line so i won't include it but i just wanted to shout out the but you're like really pretty and she's like oh thank you she's like so you agree you think you're really pretty like i just love the way that line is delivered and might be my single favorite like moment of the movie um but let's see one other that i I have another one that I think is really, um, I don't know. I mean, I like the stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen like that. I think of that when I think of this movie, I think the line itself is like kind of whatever. Like I'd love to know if Tina Fey knew when she was writing that line that she was like, this is going to be the line that like maybe becomes the most popular of the entire movie. Um, I don't know. But it's yeah. interesting. I don't know if filmmakers ever know stuff like that, honestly. Like, I'm not exactly sure how it works. Yeah, I think filmmakers uh, will lie and say, oh, yeah, I knew sure. this was going to hit. 100%. Or they'll, 
or they'll it. do the opposite where they'll lie because they want to be like you know no they will do that oh, they want to be humble where i they, had no idea where where they're like you know like we had no idea that this would be the thing whereas like come on like sometimes sometimes you got to know yeah god Danny, also, oh my god, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Was that like, shit. That was the one I was going to do. Because so she's like, hey, you're not a girl. <laughs> and then they're washing yeah. his hands. <laughs> and then he just gets in her face. <laughs> he chases her. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I mean, all-time classic. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant. And you will die. <laughs> and then he goes, anyway, everyone come take some rubbers. Yeah, <laughs> come grab some rubbers. I love too awesome. when he's like, you'll have sex and you'll get chlamydia. And he spells it and he's like, chlamydia, K-L-A. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about this one, but he's your cousin. Yeah, but he's my first cousin is, again, absolutely all time. Her eye um, and then this she says that. This one's kind of like cheating, but because it's like physical comedy as well as a line. But when they're like debriefing after Halloween and Gretchen is like apologizing on Regina's behalf, she's like, so you're not mad? Okay, cool. Cause Regina wanted me to give you this. And then like <laughs> leans in and gives her a hug. Yeah. That shit oh, is hilarious. God. That reminded me of, uh, in Knight's Tale when, uh, what's his face has to yes. give William the kiss. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, God, no, uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, but yes, that, that part is hilarious. Right. Also, kisses him it's the also cheek. kind of like yeah. Voldemort, Pirate Voldemort Steve. hugging Draco vibes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Draco. Just put a yeah. bow on it. Um, you know, and then, oh, okay, you got another no, one? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, because that one was kind of half big. I do, I do really love, like, since we're just talking about, you know, gushing about Damien and his line delivery, I love, you're a regulation hottie. Like, when you. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, yeah that is cracks, a good one. Cracks, yeah. um, we we can we can, let's vote first, and then and then I'll you you made me think of something, but I think we should vote. I don't want to throw I off mean, the momentum. We didn't even say she doesn't even go here. I mean, we because she we doesn't even go here. Yeah, <laughs> even go to this school. Like the look on Tina face face when she's like, so good. Uh, okay, I guess I can put in my my vote first. Uh, I, I think it's for me. It's Oh my God, Danny DeVito! I love work. Yeah, that that's the line I watch. laughed hardest at by far. Yes, yeah, correct. At, this time it was the one I lost my shit. It was honestly that or the her favorite movie is Varsity Blues, which we mentioned in a different category. Yeah. But... <laughs> like, I'm, like they're reading off all these things that are so relevant to like us learning about the character, and then it's like, her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. Oh, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Um. Okay. What about? You guys think Danny DeVito? I think that's the winner. Yeah. 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 We, all, we always have to zag. Got, we always got to zag somewhere. Always. But, like, I think if people went back and rewatched this movie, like, more as as an adult now or something, I don't know. Like, a lot of, a lot of the conversations I had about Mean Girls were when I was, like, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that line hit as hard for me because I just didn't have as much experience with Danny DeVito's work at that time. No, it, it, was a, it was a throwaway. And I think, like, the way that that girl, like for lack of a better word, waddles off after. after. <laughs> no, it, it all plays into it. The the little lunge that Damien does. Yes. That in dude, context. He basically, like, he comes in her, gets at her face, and he's, like, yeah. a big, imposing dude. Like that, He yeah. almost grabs her. Dude, he, well, it's also funny because he's so big that, like, when he chases after her, it makes her look like a, like a, so small. Yeah. Like, she looks yeah, like she's, like, four or five. Yeah. I also, I also love when like 
the exposition of like us finding out what Regina did to to Janice to make like her hate. And every time Damien like tries to tell a story and like cutting her off, Damien, like yeah. that whole thing is just cracks me up. Like their exchange, like that's like a two, like a really great like duo. Like, like you talked about, I think there's a lot of these periphery char- like characters on the periphery that didn't have to be as well done as they, they were. And that's what sets yeah. this movie apart. Um, okay, getting into the meat of everything. Overall grade. Um, Evan, hit us, man. Yeah. Um, so I want to get my overall grade. The one thing I was going to throw in, and I'll throw it in as part of my grade... I, it made me think of it. So this movie, you're right. Like there are, are many things that like are in kind of bad taste. And yeah, you could hand wave and say, you know, different time, whatever. Like we don't have to relitigate every single movie that came out before, you know, 2015 and, and judge it on its merits or whatever. The one thing that's jarring to me still when I watch this movie is all the coach car shit. Like I, I, I still <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah, figure that... out why. It's like actually pretty disgusting. And like, I remember even thinking that as a kid, just like, what is this? But that's like definitely the one part where, like, yeah, t- people can give Tina Face some shit for that one. Like, I, I, it's just very bizarre. Is it not jarring for you guys a little bit when you watch the movie and you're just like, wow, this is just a really weird thing to just be like saying these offhand jokes about? So that was in bad taste back then, which like that should right. tell you something. Like, exactly. there wasn't a lot. That was considered in bad taste in that area. Yeah, and so unnecessary. It's just weird how unnecessary it is. But I just, it, yeah. When you said you that, could, quote, Coach was, Carr would be a hilarious character if all he did was joke about not having cl- chlamydia and all that. Exactly. Or, or if you, you know, wanted you know, him to like, if you want the sex ed teacher to be like having an affair, like it should have been with another teacher. You know what I mean? Like they could have easily sure. made that same drama, but with two teachers, not two sure. students, and right. it would have been equally as uh, more funny in my mind because it. Yeah, it just it just feels very strange. But um, yeah. yeah, I was gonna throw that throw that out there. It made me think of it because we were talking about one of his quotes. Um, but as far as overall grade for this movie, so I went B plus, and I definitely some of it is is nostalgia, no doubt about it. Like I love the feeling that I get when I watch this movie and think of like the amount of times I've watched this in a very carefree state and and just having a great time um in different points of my life but i think the performances are great uh something that we kind of miss in movies that have followed this that that obviously try to follow this mold there's like a new one that comes out on netflix basically every every week that tries to follow the mean girls mold and i think you know having these great performances at the center of it and on the peripheral edges of this movie are what make it very special and i mean the the one-liners like we just ripped off these quotes and stuff and there are plenty more that we could have added um i mean gretchen's speech even about caesar you know and taking down caesar why don't we all just stab caesar in the back like the way that's delivered and that line the those lines itself are just like really really funny and Mm -hmm. Uh, even the camera work on that the fade in from her face yes yes yeah yes absolutely um it's just made really well. And I think, you know, the ending part we haven't talked about a ton, but I think it definitely hits. Definitely not as much now as it did when I was like, you know, 12, 13 years old and I was envisioning what high school was going to be. Um, <laughs> but I think there is definitely an emotional side to this movie that I can appreciate and that you don't often, you know, fully feel or buy into in kind of like high school coming of age type movies, mm-hmm. um, especially coming of age comedies. Like this is obviously a comedy. Um, and yeah, I have a great time. I will be watching this movie for many more years to come, no doubt. 
All right. Chip, you want to give your grade or you want me to go? I'll go. Uh, I also had this at a, uh, you said B plus, right? This is the yeah. B plus for me as well. Um, I want to talk about uh, our fine director here, a guy named Mark Waters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have taken a scroll through his letterbox or his IMDb. He has directed Mean Girls. He also directed Freaky Friday, the, uh, the uh, 2003 version, which is which is pretty good. Uh, Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Oh, which, which, uh, actually a, a movie that is so problematic, but I like. Yes, I, I am not surprised. I kind of. I mean, I don't love it, but it's like definitely like it's a Christmas movie. I turn it on on Christmas. Yeah, it's a Jed movie. It's Jed core, you know. Um, I'm a Spiderway Chronicles guy. Just got to throw that in. Mm, are you? Oh, yeah. I was a big Spiderway Chronicles the book guy. I, I don't know about the movie. I really I, I missed all of that. I have to be honest. Um, but he most recently directed a film for Netflix called He's All That, oh, which no. is what you think it is, starring one Addison Ray. Oh, that's him. Is, so That's bad him. it is so yes. it is so he bad. made this movie um and if that doesn't tell you about just where mainstream cinema is going and how far we have fallen how we have defiled uh all that is holy and you know god is just spitting on I, us i love that they're like all right like what can we do we gotta remake he's all that but from a girl she's all that from a girl's perspective and then we gotta get the guy that directed me and girls like, yeah. he's the guy he's the guy to do it he, you know, he's got the Midas touch, right? Mark Waters. He's everyone's running into Holly, running to Mark Waters in <laughs> right now. Um, so that's just that's just something to think about tonight as you try to go to sleep. Uh, I don't know what this guy looks like, but in my head, he's looks like Joffrey Rush's character from Intolerable Cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are somehow closer than you think you are. I'm looking at his other picture of him right now. I would go. encourage all of our listeners to Google. Mark Waters. It's such a generic name. You, have, you might have to Google director Mark Waters. I'm sure there's a bunch of other Mark Waters out there that you'll get confused with. Um, but this is it's it's classic. It's actually I, I watched Clueless as well recently, and Clueless and Mean Girls have a lot of shared traits. But I think Mean Girls is actually a bit better. I think it hits some of those emotional notes a little bit better. Um, I think it is a bit of a better like this isn't an insult to Jane Austen because you know Jane Austen Emma is Clueless, but the emotional notes are hit better in in Mean Girls, and I buy into the story a little bit more. Um, even though I I will think I do think that the uh, the father in Clueless is perhaps the funniest character uh, of, of any high school comedy of all time. Mm-hmm. But Mean Girls is is very important to me. I'm never gonna let it go. Um, and just like you know, just like Amanda Seyfried said, you want to go to Taco Bell. I want to go to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Need it. This man has such a fascinating career. He also has directed Disney's Magic Camp, starring Adam Devine. Disney's what? I don't even know what that is. It sounds like a uh, a remake of Camp Rock. Remember that with the Jonas Brothers? Oh. But it's a Magic Camp with oh. the maybe the guy whose career has gone the most sideways, Adam Devine. Um, yeah. Well, absolutely wild. But anyway, um, you guys, right in the ballpark. I had this as a B, not quite a B plus. Like this is a movie I love, very enjoyable. I think the nostalgia aspect couldn't quite push it, like couldn't quite get me to be a a B plus. I don't, I don't know. This is gonna be maybe a, a take. It, have we gotten to the point where Mean Girls is potentially overrated? Like it is great, it is really funny, but like, like I watch this movie and I almost like expect to laugh out loud more than I do. Like the Danny DeVito thing, like this time made me laugh about as hard as I've laughed at anything on on my own television screen in, in a minute but 
you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like I think like it's almost it's like so hyped. Like how could it I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not going down this path with you. I, I laughed it, out loud quite a bit. I gave it a B, but yeah. it's not like I was like hating. I'm not hating I, it at all. I also like whenever I go into this movie, I also have to remember that like this movie was not necessarily made for me at this point in my life, like when it was made. So I, I try to watch it through a little different eyes. Fair, fair I mean, enough. Fair but enough. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, the conversation needed to be had and you and you initiated it. Uh, I respect you for initiating it, but yeah. um, you last have hurt teenage me greatly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last thing I want uh, to point out is when we first meet Janice, she is wearing a black T-shirt uh, that has rubbish in all caps uh, across it. And mm-hmm. I just want to go on record as saying I want that shirt because that mm-hmm. shirt was sick. Like, so. Uh, yeah, I don't. This is something I thought about the movie. This movie is like the opposite of like a Devil Wears Prada in that every single outfit in this movie is like pretty bad. Yeah, in one way or another. It's supposed to be though. Oh sure, right. It's it's making fun of you know it's it's another way to mock the characters um, that they're that they're satirizing. But like every single like I guess I don't recall this rubbish outfit specifically, but I was just shocked at like every scene, the characters ensembles were just what's uh, garish and and yeah. so displeasing to the eye yes i mean we're in this is this came out in like the prime time where like juicy sweatsuits were like the height of high school Terrible. fashion really really quite bad they dress be- they must they dress much better in clueless yeah i mean well I oh, think yeah. clueless it's part it's partly about the fashion like, True, this, but it's like, like i don't know i feel like i don't know if it if it's a better movie if the plastics actually dress good. Or not. I was gonna say, but they think they do. Oh yeah, so, like that's, that's a point. huge. Yeah, I think that's the point. Is like it's supposed to be like 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 you said. It's everything is so it's so satirical that they're trying. Like I think that is leads into it. So do, okay, this might be going back farther than we can. But in two thousand four, would they not have looked fly as hell in high school? Like, do we know that for a fact? I, I, I mean. I, I to be feel fair, like though, even for how many high schoolers is bad. How many high schoolers like actually look flies hell? Like you may think you do in the moment. True, true. Yeah. And maybe but like two other high schoolers is what. That's kind of what I'm getting at for the whole yeah. the viewing the movie as a whole. I but. do think I do think like if I watched this like if I was a yeah if I was in high school at this time and watched it I, I feel like I remember watching it and being like they look cool like they're dressing like cool people do for the time. Mm-hmm. Next week we are doing an all time heater for you guys ladies and gentlemen we are gonna be doing a versus episode and that is casino versus heat Mm. we went from girls rock to dudes rock very rapidly we are excited you guys pumped for next week oh my god oh yeah 1995 robert de niro back to back like just mainline it baby are you kidding me the suits. Oh, my God, the suits. The suits. The suits and the hair. There's mm-hmm. going to be there is going to be conversation. I should go raid my dad's closet because he has a lot of suits like this from baseball days, like traveling around. You know, they were flying in suits. He's got a lot of really oversized shoulders. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 And not too oversized, but like enough that like, oh, you can see the pads. Yeah. Yes. It's not yeah. they're not 80s where it's like as like an effect. It's like 
they're they're like actually trying to make themselves look bigger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And also, guys, in two weeks, we're going to be doing our first ever mailbag episode. So please start sending in your questions. We're going to compile, and we're going to answer every single question that we get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we get three hours worth of questions, it's going to be a three-hour pod. So yeah, if totally. You, if you want, you got a road trip coming up. There's no limit to the amount of questions per person. Just keep <laughs> firing them off. <laughs> we're setting ourselves up for a total disaster. But <laughs> break, uh, I want it. Also, these questions can be about our personal lives, too. Nothing's off limits. <laughs> Evan's like, I have to draw boundaries with you guys. TBD. No, I know. They can know no, you're right. Want. Tell the people. Tell the people where they can send them in. You can send them in to flicking and screaming at gmail.com. You can send them in on Twitter at flick and scream. You can send them in on Instagram at flicking and screaming. You can send them into any of our individual accounts on mm-hmm. Twitter or Instagram that will be attached via the main podcast account. You can also send them in to mailbag at the big pick.com. No, um, anyway. <laughs> oh, Jed is out of control. And Jed's like, Jed is stone cold sober right now. Sober. I'm doing it's a like, sober September. I'm just wilding. I think the issue yeah, it's, it's is. withdrawal. You're two days in and you're having withdrawal. So you're like trying to like lean into where you would be at this point in recording. Exactly. And instead, exactly. Uh, dry um, as a bone. Bonus points, by the way, speaking of me being ridiculous, I will give bonus points to any uh, any listener in the mailbag that can correctly identify which episode of Flicking Screaming that I was super stoned out of my mind on. There's only been one ever, and if you can guess it, because Chip knew it was pretty obvious, then uh, then you guys would get all the bonus points in the world. All and right. that's all. Any, Stoner Jet. Any final? We can edit that out too. I don't. We don't need to. That. You one of these days one of these days we all need to do edibles for a pot is what we need to do 100 percent. what we've learned about sober jet is he can't freaking wrap up a pod that is it for flicking and screaming this week casino versus heat next week mailbag two weeks send in your questions for flicking and screaming i'm jed sprague evan fagundis jt chipman have a good one everybody good night everybody